and support begins in three, two, one. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back after a bit of a pause to Nurture and Support. I'm Kelly at K E L L Y T H U L on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Mel back from the void at Karmic9 on Twitter. So, how much are you using Twitter these days? Because I used to. I actually, just the last couple of days, I've, I've been checking Twitter a little bit. Honestly, I, I, I've been on a huge social media. Um, break for I don't even know how long months probably so I've just recently uh I never have been a big poster but I've been back on Twitter a little bit and I I checked my Instagram feed for the first time in forever there you go kudos to me I have not gotten back on TikTok because I tend to lose hours to TikTok that'll be next on my list as I slowly ramp back into you know social media in 2021 yeah which is over the past couple years it's just for me i used to get a lot of joy and fun and community out of twitter and just parts of that seem to have fallen away a little bit and so i tend to my social media activity is mostly instagram posts and puns of the day when i could come up with them but yeah so it goes I did notice when, you know, the last few days that I've been on Twitter that it's a little more similar to the way it used to be, a little bit. (laughs) So, you know, someday the world won't be so much of a dumpster fire, and we'll all get to go back to enjoying, you know, our bad movies and stuff like that, That like we used to. I am all for that. So, you folks may have noticed, we've been been gone for a while. (laughs) It, um variety of of reasons and we're back we're excited to be back we don't know exactly how long we'll be back for what frequency we're kind of toying with that right now we're going to play it by ear but we're kind of thinking uh nurture and support will go monthly for a while we'll try and put out a, a new podcast once a month and we'll just see how things kind of roll how things are going for both of us and do it but we are actually excited to be back and trying to remember how the show works and i think we recommend stuff so i'll go ahead and start that off my recommendation this time is the Oculus Quest 2 virtual reality headset. $399 basically to get. I think that's for the 64 gig. But it is, I have been a, I have wanted to be engaged in VR for a long time. I had the, the, the Google Daydream. I had an early version of the Oculus. I had a Samsung Gear at one point in time, Google Cardboard had that. So I've had a variety of things there, none of which really, it was more work than it was worth, and the quality of some of the stuff wasn't great. All those problems for me went away with the Oculus Quest 2. It's an all-in-one, so you do not have to have a computer. If you want to, if you, It will connect to a computer, and if you're doing some much higher-end VR stuff, you can leverage it that way. But there's a ton of things you can do, tons of super quality games and experiences and et cetera that you can do just out of the box. What's another nice thing about it is very, very easy if you have a Chromecast to broadcast it to a TV. So one of the downsides of VR is if there are people enjoying it with you, you're just typically standing looking at a person awkwardly moving around in a place you've cleared out. And with the uh, the casting capability, you get to actually kind of go along for the ride 
you're not wired into anything, so the person's able to do it. It all cast to the Chromecast without a problem. It's really fun. They've got some cool Star Wars content. There's a Vader Immortal series, three $10 games that are kind of a guided story. So it, it, you ultimately can't die in, in the Vader things, but you do get to go face-to-face with Vader. And the first time that happens, he's a big guy. And pretty, pretty intimidating. <laughs> so the Vader stuff was cool. You actually get a bit of a workout uh, because you've got some lightsaber stuff to do, ladders to climb, and all that kind of good stuff. So it gets you uh, kind of up and moving, too. In terms of setup, it's a snap once you kind of get going on it. You know, the key is to typically have a, a space where you can move around a little bit. And when you fire it up and it asks you, you know, you want to establish a guardian, that is basically... It gives you a black and white view of the room through the headset, and you draw basically a box around, here's the open space I'm standing in. And then as you're playing the various games, if you happen to start to get close to one of those borders, it starts to give you visual signals to say, hey, you're you're about to crash into something here, so uh, back off. Or you can go with the stationary boundary, which is you can just kind of grab a couch and say, I'm using a stationary boundary, and it basically establishes a place around you as the playable area and when you actually kind of lean out of that it switches back over to that black and white view so you can or it's an option you can turn on that you kind of see where things are are at i've actually used the stationary one quite a bit because what's probably become my favorite experience on it so far was star wars pinball uh, which is just a whole series of star wars tables and you kind of more you play you collect different collectibles you can put on a shelf and helmets and vehicles and all kinds of cool stuff and they have tables branded to mandalorian rebels uh, most of the uh, major chapters of the star wars movies and uh, it's really really cool Uh, it has it is such a it's a really good experience you really do get immersed and it feels it feels like you're playing pinball it gives you a little bit of haptic feedback a little bit as you're playing i had i think Way back in the day, I talked to Mel about I had a Legends Ultimate, which is a great kind of multi-arcade thing, and I really loved that. And then At Games, who produces that, came out with Legends Pinball, which is a pretty cool, pretty expensive device where there's a, a flat screen down for the playing field and another another screen for the kind of the typical scoreboard on a uh, pinball machine. And I was absolutely convinced that I got to get that. That is that our good friend Scott McDonald from the old snarking time. He has one of those and shoots pictures out every once in a while. And it does actually look like a pretty great experience. But I look at the immersiveness of that, which even, you know, they do a lot to make it simulate pinball. But you can do more in VR. It has really been a cool experience because, you know, one of the, the games you can eventually bring Vader up and he kind of stands in the middle of the pinball table. And if you hit a ball up the ramp, he catches it and crushes it with the force and you score points for that. Hours of fun for the whole family. <laughs> so it is, to me, from a VR perspective, the first one that's hit a home run for me. Ease of use is fantastic. Uh, price points is not, is not, well, it's not inexpensive. It's not brutal. Its ability to, to cast out is good. Variety of games are fun. And then there's also just a ton of free experiences. There's a ton of VR content on YouTube. So you can go in there and do various like tours of Venice and all that. Like you're in a boat going through the canals of Venice and you're, you're in a 360 environment. And you can look left and right, do all that kind of stuff. And it's uh, actually pretty cool. A very cool Salvador Dali 
thing on YouTube where you actually go through some of Dolly's paintings and some of Dolly's sculpture stuff. And it's just, uh, it's really fascinating, including, which was extra bonus for me, Mr. Dolly did some things with Alice Cooper and you actually run into that hologram that he created for Alice with Alice music. It's just, it was a nice little Easter egg for me. So it is really fun if you're, you're interested in VR Uh, It's a great way to go. I really have no complaints about it whatsoever. Battery life, you know, you're going to play, you can play a couple hours on it without a problem. Uh, And the controllers run with battery. Basically, the whole setup is the headset, and then you got a left and right hand controller, and that's it. And the the hand controllers are actually battery-powered, not rechargeable, but I'm still on my initial set there, and they're showing 100%, so they, they take a very low draw. And then the headset itself, you get you can get two hours of solid gameplay, which in reality, you're probably going to need to you should probably stop <laughs> after because uh, yeah. just to kind of reorient yourself to the real world. But it's super fun. And so I thought kind of us getting back together is probably one of my most favorite things that I've gotten since last we got back together. So I thought I'd share that as a recommendation for this week. Yeah, that I want one of those. <laughs> I'll say. And I think... I think that I have heard there is a way to play Steam VR games on that. I don't know how to do it, but I think there's a way to do it. So Steam is the big PC gaming, uh, is a P- old PC gaming platform that sells games. But they have, I think they came out with their own VR thing, but they have VR games. Huh. Um on Steam, and there's some way that that you're able to use the Oculus that I've heard to play those Steam VR games, which there are a couple of cool ones. I think there's a VR, one of the Elder Scrolls games. It may be Skyrim. Maybe it's Skyrim. I think one of those, there's a VR version, which would be really cool. That would be... I would love that. I hadn't looked at those in a long time. And, you know, that price point is the the same price point for any of the, the new console Yep. games so i mean it's perfectly it's <laughs> i hate to say perfectly reasonable but that's <laughs> what you're going to pay for right. any any of those things as as someone who has one of the newer xboxes <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> so i, sh- I would have rather gotten that damn yeah that was and it came you know kind of came down for me looking at that legends pinball and be very very interested in getting it but that that run that rolls out at seven ninety nine. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. bit a bit more of an investment. And then I said, you know what? Quality of gameplay, it's better. It's better in VR. Uh, I think the at game systems looks fantastic. But it, it just you're not going to be you're you're dealing with a two D panel, and they can do a lot to simulate a three D environment and a two D panel. We've seen that in a lot of games, and you can get that kind mm-hmm. of immersive experience. But there's just something different when you've got something that does that. They they kind of go a little overboard because in the um, Star Wars ones, whichever table you're playing, uh, two characters will show up and basically stand on either side of the pinball machine while you're playing and occasionally move around and do things, which can be a little distracting. And then I got another VR pinball uh, set up as well on the Oculus. And that one includes a a walking dead table, which has a zombie on one side (laughs) that will occasionally (laughs) reach across the table, which I find highly distracting. (laughs) And so, but still fun. He should drip. He should drip or lose body parts in the middle of your your playing field too. I mean, if they really want to get realistic. Yeah, they could they could 
Yeah, fully immerse you that way. So, but fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, definitely worth a look. I said it's you know it's not dirt cheap, but it's not like you mentioned. They're not nearly as bad as they used to be, yeah. and that that's why I guess I haven't I haven't looked at them recently because they used to be so completely out of my ability to get that I I had to I had to look away. <laughs> Don't look <laughs> at it because it just makes me want one. But that that's pretty good. I didn't realize they had dropped that far. So that that's really cool because I've I've always wanted one of the VR ones and you know the the different game systems that came up with the the cameras to try to simulate that kind of stuff they require so much space yep. to be able to do those and they're never as immersive but you know you at least got that illusion of the not quite full body play but you know something of an experience of being able to make gaming a little bit more active than just sitting on your couch but those ended up and at least in my household not really being very tenable because you had to have such a wide camera angle to be able to do any of that particularly if you were going to do two players that we just don't have the space <laughs> or you have to you know move all of the furniture and yep. it's too much of a hassle so nobody bothers so the the vr so that sounds so much better of being able to do that so that's yeah. cool I'll have to, unfortunately, look at all of that. <laughs> I'll I'll add that to um, to my budget. There you go. <laughs> so, well, my recommendation is probably any of you who've been listening all of these years probably have an inkling that I one of my favorite movie franchises is the Alien franchise. I'm a super xenomorph. Fan. Those are some of my earliest memories of movies, which I was far too young to watch. But, you know, my mother was a horror fan and a science fiction fan. So I was exposed to Alien and Aliens at a very young age. So my recommendation is going to be an audio book of by far the worst Alien movie, Alien 3. Okay. So, <laughs> so... However, there's a twist to this, which as much of a fan as I am, I really, I remember sort of hearing this, but, you know, I kind of blocked out anything to do with Alien 3 because Alien 3 was a nightmare. That was a horrible movie. However, the original screenplay was written by William Gibson, the super famous cyberpunk author. He wrote a screenplay for Alien 3, which is not what they turned into a movie. So it's a completely different story. And I have found that I really enjoy listening to that. I should backtrack. There's a whole lot of books in the Alien franchise. Um, I had not realized just how much that world had, had expanded while I hadn't been paying attention. So... Essentially, you know, they're all, everybody knows the story of the, the xenomorphs and the eggs and, you know, free hugs and all of that. So the story remains kind of the same. The psychological, you know, horror of when is some monster going to jump out and attach itself to someone's face. And then you have, you know, the nightmare starting all over again. So I have found that I, I know, since you already kind of know the story, you kind of know what's going to happen in all of these stories. However, I find them comforting in these trying times. 
and they're good for me to listen to while I'm doing other work. So I've really been listening to a lot of the Alien books on audiobook lately. And this one, Alien 3 by William Gibson, back in 2019, it was, I believe, the 40th anniversary, something like that. And so Audible made an actual audio drama of the screenplay. So it's really short. It's only two hours and 16 minutes. And it's basically called Alien 3, and that's the Roman numeral 3, an audible original drama. It's how you're going to find it on Audible. It's by William Gibson, but it has a full cast, and and two of the cast members are from the Aliens movie. Given that Alien 3 is the, you know, one that comes right after Aliens, it has Michael Bain and Lance Henriksen actually reprising their roles as their characters, in this audiobook, which, if you remember the Alien 3 movie, they weren't there. Well, Lance Henriksen was there for a brief period. However, this is a completely different story that they really should have used for the movie, <laughs> to be honest. Though I will say, I've read the novelization. Alan Bean Foster did a novelization of the Alien 3 movie that we actually saw in theaters. And that is better than the movie, because at least you could tell what was going on because if you recall the movie was so dark you couldn't see what was happening on the screen anyway because it it was mostly black through the whole movie anyway i despise that movie (laughs) other than the one scene from that movie that became a meme that movie was terrible and i know there are some people who enjoyed it but i was not one of them so back to the screenplay this is produced by dirk mags who, if you're kind of an um, audible junkie, Dirk Maggs has produced a bunch of these multicast dramatizations on Audible. He's done ones um, for Neil Gaiman book, the Alien ones. I think there was a Doctor Who one. There are several. And they're always really well done. So they're absolutely worth the listen. Like I said, this one's only a little over two hours long. And if you are an Audible subscriber, even on the the lowest tier of Audible's new subscription plan, this is included with your subscription. So you don't have to use a credit to buy it. If you're not an Audible subscriber, I'm not sure how much it is, but it probably would be honestly be cheaper for you to become a subscriber for a month to listen to it than probably buy it if you ask me. But don't, don't tell Amazon I said that. Anyway. This story, I'll warn you right now, does not have a whole lot of Ripley in it. It does kind of set the story up to continue to Alien 4. Um, It leaves Alien 4 still a possibility, unlike Alien 3, which was terrible. But this screenplay happens on a whole different station. And, of course, we get Corporal Hicks back um, as Michael Bain playing his character. And we get a whole nother romp through a space station and aliens and trying to survive. And, you know, are there evil synthetics that are that are working for the company that are going to sabotage everything? So because it's only two hours long, I don't really want to tell you any, a whole lot about it. I'm just kind of wanting to make you all aware that if you like aliens, but you hated Alien 3 like me, that William Gibson wrote a completely different screenplay that they they ended up not using and went and had a completely new story written. 
So this story has no similarities to the story that you actually saw in a movie theater. And in addition to that, they are actually putting out a novelization of this screenplay that should be coming out here in the next couple months, I think, that is written by Pat Cadigan, who is a big cyberpunk writer as well. So that's something else to look forward to. That'll come up if you search for Alien 3. But I've been really surprised how much I've enjoyed listening to this story and several of the others in the Alien franchise on Audible. And if you're a fan of the Xenomorph, I think you'll really like it. They have brought back several different people in some of the different stories. I don't remember which one it is, but if you look them up on Audible, Rutger Hauer does the voice in one of them. And uh, that was very interesting. He's very good at being evil. And he was, of course, a bad guy in that story. So it's a little... It's a little bit more of delving into all of the the different issues in the Alien franchise, and they're just fun. I find them comforting in these trying times, (laughs) because we kind of live. I feel like sometimes we're living in an alien infestation world, so uh, this gives me something to look forward to that maybe maybe we'll make it through, and we'll get an Alien 4. Yeah. Alien 3 (laughs) by William Gibson on Audible. Yep, and and hopefully facehuggers will keep social distancing so we can be safe. Absolutely. That would be a good thing. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. That's Yeah, I have toyed with Audible uh in in terms of cuz I think that'd be it would you know, you've mentioned it before. There's um there's a lot of good stuff there. Um I've just, you know, I've struggled a little bit to kind of with the monthly commitment to it in terms of finance, but I don't know. I might. Yeah. I might do that. I mean, because I. I'm actually really fired up to. I very much would like to to hear this. So I may do as you suggested. Do the the one month trial uh, and uh, check out a few more things and see if I get compelled they, to say. Yeah, and I mean, I've been I've been an Audible subscriber since basically way before you know since Audible came out way before Amazon bought them, and back in the day, and up until I don't remember when the change happened, but it was. recently in in my history you just had two tiers you either had a monthly subscription where you got one credit a month to use however you wanted to or there was the higher subscription that you paid more for and you got two credits a month and usually typically most books cost one credit but occasionally really long books would cost two that that's how it worked for a really long time well they've changed that model and um, they've added a few more tiers the lowest tier is, I think, about $9, and it doesn't get you any credits, but what, what they've done is they've kind of moved away from that credit system. You can still, there are tiers where you still get a credit, but they've opened up the library. You now get access to all of these different books depending on your tier that you're in. So even the lowest tier, which doesn't get you a credit, it gives you access to that tier's books that are available on on Audible. And there's quite a lot there because Audible has started doing podcasts of different stuff. Some of them are story podcasts, but they have quite a few celebrities doing podcasts that are only available on Audible now. So... 
I hadn't really looked into what all that you get. I will say they have like a lot of the subscription models for different things everywhere now because that's the new thing. Everything is a monthly subscription. They have added a pause button where you can, you know, pause your subscription for a while. So, you know, if you know you're going to be on vacation or you're not going to be listening to anything that you can skip a month without actually going through canceling. So, which is funny because I really didn't look at much of this until I was looking to actually cancel my subscription (laughs) and then started looking into what all I was actually getting for it that I hadn't been utilizing. So there's actually quite a lot, even at that lowest tier, that you have access to. Most of the alien books that I'm talking about here, most of them are available or included with even that lowest tier of subscription. There are a couple of them that they have that aren't. And so when you move up through the tiers, there are some new release books that they're putting out on there that are available free for you to listen to with your subscription on the higher tiers. So I'm depending on how how many audiobooks or how much you really like audiobooks, it's not that bad a deal, honestly. I'm not the biggest audiobook listener. Um, I'm pretty picky about narrators, and I prefer to read. I just retain it better than when I hear it. It's not actually a bad deal. So if it's something that sounds interesting to any of you or you've got time where you are you could spend listening to a book, take a look at what's offered in the different tiers because you might find that it's actually worth your subscription. And you can always pause it for a month or two if you're not going to be using it and save that money. So they're, they seem to be moving away from the credit thing, I guess is what I'm getting at. So you're going to pay for access to their library, more like Netflix, than paying to get a credit that you then have to, you know, add a bunch of stuff to your wish list and see which one is going to earn your credit this month. It's a little bit, I think this method might be a little bit better than the the previous one. So depending on what you're after, take a look at their library and see if it's if the books that you're interested in are in the tier that you want to pay for. So. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to have to look into it a little bit further. Cause I, I want, I want to, I want to hear a good alien three. <laughs> I think that would be, that would be uh, I want to experience a good alien three. So that would be fun. Cool. Well, yeah. A- alien three was about one of the only movies that I left extremely, extremely angry about. <laughs> That's because I love aliens so much. And how could they ruin it? How could they make it that bad? And if any of you haven't seen Alien 3, you should probably watch it just so you can see how bad it is. It'll make you appreciate the audiobook even more. Yes, it will. Because I was, I was really, actually, I was kind of mad when I finished this audiobook and that I was like, why didn't they make this? But, and, and I'm not sure. It, it'll be interesting when the actual novel comes out as to how much how present Ripley is in the story or not because like I said spoiler alert Ripley is present in this book but isn't really an active participant in the particular story that they're telling and that may be why they mixed it I'm not sure if if that's why they went away from using the story in the the franchise or if they changed that just for you know this recording so that'll be interesting to come out when the actual novel comes out in a few months. So 
anyway, I enjoyed it, even though it didn't have Ripley in it, which most of the books don't because they're set in side stories of the infestation while technically in the movie timeline, Ripley's in cryo floating through space. So there's also, I should mention, I think it's also included in that in that tier of subscription. There is a novelization of the Alien Isolation movie that tells the story of Ripley's daughter, who is mentioned in the director's cuts of the movie. So anyway, I just finished that one, too, and it was really good. Hmm. So. Excellent. Well, Mel, it's awesome to be back doing this. Hopefully we can kind of continue to sort stuff out and, and do a few more. Thank you, folks out there who are listening. And we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll work on it here a little bit, try and get on a, a schedule. We'll see what, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, great, to, great to be back and uh, enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the conversation, Mel. Thank you. I appreciate you holding a slot for me. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> and thank you for not being Mike. <laughs> it's so awesome. Well, <laughs> That's great. He's a character, that's for sure. Well, uh, that's it for uh, for the show, and we, we will be back. Uh, and thanks for listening, folks. Bye. You can contact us on our website, nurtureandsupport.net, or email us at nurtandsup at gmail.com. That's N-U-R-T-A-N-D-S-U-P-P at gmail.com. Or tweet us at nurtandsup on Twitter. You can also catch Nurture and Support on YouTube. Nurturing and supporting journey.